faith, love, and endurance. In the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. You are to teach what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure, workers at home, kind, and in submission to their husband, so that God's word will not be slandered. In the same way, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Make yourself an example of good works with integrity and dignity in your teaching. Your message is to be sound beyond reproach, so that any opponent will be ashamed because he doesn't have anything bad to say about us. Slaves are to submit to their masters in everything and to be well-pleasing, not talking back or stealing, but demonstrating utter faithfulness so that they may adorn the teaching of God our Savior in everything. For the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager for good works. Proclaim these things. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. God, we come to you this morning and we lift up your word and we ask that it not return void as you speak to us, as you speak to Marty, as you lift up the Claytons, as you have your will and your way in their lives and in our lives. We, above all else, God, want to learn to love you more, to treasure you above our own lives to treasure you, God, even above everything this world has to offer that seems appealing but is not, which will pass away. Teach us to love you, to care for you, to esteem you, to glorify you. May you be the reason why we live and breathe. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you want to follow along in your bulletin, we have some basic notes to keep up with. Uh, licensing Marty for gospel ministry. Licensing and ordination are two things that modern churches put into practice. They are not necessarily um, mandated by the Bible, yet we find that over the course of Christian church history, it becomes more and more necessary to delineate, to clarify who we expect to do what, who is qualified to do what, and a world that is just raging with the ability to do whatever you want, you can go online and be ordained in a matter of minutes. You can go online and be licensed by some generic church that you've never stepped foot in. But we take licensing and ordination very seriously. Uh, this morning we are licensing Marty, which is different from ordination. Ordination is a one-time approval 
that we reserve for New Testament qualified pastors, teachers, elders. The meaning and scope can vary from denomination to, not, to denomination, uh, but for independent Baptist churches, ordination is used to single out and approve men as ready to pastor a church. It's a one-time deal. They sit through uh, a board, uh, usually uh, elders, deacons, other pastors, even other pastors they may have gone, uh, they may have worked with in the past, but it's a group of already ordained men who then pass on their approval and say, this, this young man, this, this man is ready to lead a church. Um, that comes after some experience. And there are specific requirements in the Bible for that that you need to meet. A step just below ordination is licensing. Uh, licensing is done repeatedly from church to church as ministers move throughout the course of their ministry. So it's a repeated thing. You need to be, it's important to be, for a minister to be licensed uh, whichever church they go to. And the reason for that it's important, it meets legal guidelines, county, state, federal guidelines for doing ministry. It's, it's, it's important for liability for insurance company to know, hey, who's doing what here and under whose guidelines? Are they just winging it? Is this just Eric doing his own thing? We're not liable for that. If this, is, if, this is one, if this is me doing something and I've been licensed by the church, then I fall under the umbrella of our church liability policy. It's for legal reasons, but more than that, more important than that, licensing signifies to the community we live in that we, Graceway Baptist Church, approve of and attest to the calling on Marty's life to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is our stamp saying he speaks for us. And it's not just to the community, it's also to ourselves. When we bring in a minister, we hire a minister, we license a minister, it's basically you giving him permission to step on your toes, asterisk, with the Bible. Not his personality, not his opinions, but in the name of Jesus. That's where the, the gospel ministry comes in. We're not giving you a, a blank check. Like, just come after us, man. Just make us all like you. No, 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 no. Teach us all to be like Jesus. Speak the words of Jesus. That, that's what licensing entails. It's got a legal side, a practical side, but more than that, it has a spiritual side. And we are affirming God's calling upon Marty's life. Practically speaking, that also uh, is going to allow him to perform marriages, um, administrate some other things in the church under our authority. It is also a sign that he is under our authority, not just a, a ticket to do what he wants, but now he's operating in our name, which changes the way you do things or should change the way you do things. Uh, it presents some freedoms but it also presents some burdens. He now represents us in the community, at the YMCA, at the courthouse, and all, and all that he does. So he needs to feel that sense that he is with us, even though he's only been with us, what, a week, two weeks, week and a half? He's been with us. He's one of us now. So that is our signal to him. 
Marty has a bachelor's degree from Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri in pastoral theology. Is that right? Yeah, pastoral theology. Um, he's already served in the gospel ministry for six years. He's done an internship. He's been back to his home church. He's ministered in Florida. So he's not what we would call spanking new. He's not uh, a backwoods greenhorn who needs to be taught everything. But he is learning about Enid. Uh, just this week, he learned about our extreme weather patterns. Uh, they're learning about what grows and what blooms, what you're allergic to. There's a lot to learn. Uh, the high price of rent. They've already learned that, that, that hard story in Enid. Um, so with, with his official hiring as our associate minister, uh, this was done with the approval of our church officers and our deacons. Uh, this morning, we are hereby officially licensing Marty as a full-time minister of Graceway Baptist Church. His title is Associate Minister. You can call him Marty. And I'm sure other names will, will flow as well because with different denominational backgrounds, what you call us, uh, it's not as important as how we lead you. Um, so rise up to that. So the rest of you turn with me. Everybody turn with me, especially Marty. We're going to look in the book of 2 Timothy. So if you're already in Titus, just go back a couple pages to 2 Timothy. We're going to look at four short passages of Scripture to encourage Marty this morning. Uh, as I preach at Marty, as I spit on Marty because he's in the front row, um, we are hiring Marty, not his wife. She's not on the payroll. She doesn't have to do anything here. She doesn't need to listen to your griping. Marty does, but she doesn't. Treat her with the respect and honor that she deserves. If you have something against Marty, you talk to Marty about it. She has got a house full of little blessings. She has enough to worry about. Keeping him, forget about them, him fed and clothed. You know what I'm saying? We just grown Children in the house sometimes. With his burden, not her burden. So uh, remember that, please. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. The first thing I want to point out to you, Marty, is that God is the one who calls you, who saves you, who guides you, who leads you, and who empowers you for ministry. It is not your education. It is not any of your teachers. It's not a family thing. You have a family of faith. You have faithful people in your family. Uh, but to minister is to minister as God has called you, not as they expect from you. Um, and that sets you apart. That makes you distinct. It's God's actions. And self-control is one of your callings. Your faith and your salvation is a gift from God by God's initiation, by His calling, by His decree. 
Your responsibility now is to cooperate with God in this place. And that might look different. So be flexible. Just seeing the way God has moved in the past does not guarantee that's how he's going to move today or in this place. So be patient with us and fan into a flame that which God has already kindled within your soul. In other words, God has saved you. Make your calling and election sure. And that's primary. Paul starts that way with his, his younger protege, Timothy. Uh, and I think those words are appropriate to you as well. It's not about where you came from. This is about now where you are. Fan into flame that which God has kindled within you. And then I turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 3. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. So Marty... Um, you're going to suffer. Welcome to the team. <laughs> but do it as a good soldier. Do it as someone who is understanding that the suffering uh, that comes into your life is meant to make you better. Uh, sometimes the Bible uses uh, the Greek word for gymnasium, for exercising your faith. And You go to the gym, you work out, you, you max out, your muscles feel the strain until you can't strain anymore. It's not meant to make you weak forever. That weakness is only for a moment because of the strong exertion and the next day you're stronger and the next month you're stronger and the next year. The exercising of your faith is also going to bring suffering and pain and loss and hurt and you're going to want to pull back, lean forward and keep showing up. Keep showing up. Your aim is to please the one who has enlisted you into the Christian life for his purpose. So take note that ministry is not an add-on, but a primary pursuit. Be careful that you don't get sidetracked by good things when, wa- when God wants to give you the best things. Whatsoever you do, do it to the Lord, not for man. One lesson I've had to learn over the years is sometimes the hardest decisions are not what can I do for the Lord. That's a hard one. What can I do? What should I do? Where should I go, God? Uh, Those are not always the hardest decisions to make in ministry. Sometimes the hardest decisions to make are saying, no, I cannot do that because of the ministry, because I am representing more than just myself. My my conscience in Christ says I am free to do that. But knowing my brothers and sisters are watching, watching me, watching my family, there are going to be things you have to say no to, and you should. Even though in Christ, on your own, not being a minister, you could do it. Prepare yourself for that. Um, Prepare yourself for that. I cannot do this. And those are sacrifices that no one else, not even I, am going to understand or even know about. That's between you and the Lord. Don't get entangled in civilian affairs and secondary pursuits as a soldier of the cross and as representative of Jesus. 
2 Timothy 3, very familiar verses. 2 Timothy 3, 16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that Marty may be complete and equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3.16. If you need to be made complete, this verse is telling you, Marty, that you are incomplete. (laughs) You are broken. You are needy. Why does God send us his word? Because we are a broken and needy people. All of us. To acknowledge that, to remember that, makes you a candidate for God to speak to you. When you are, when you think you've arrived, we have a problem. When you think you are mature, you probably aren't. God's word is designed in such a way to show us that our need is, our need is not just for this. Our need is for him through this. He shows us how much we need him by the words that he speaks to us, the way he rebukes us, corrects us, trains us so that we would be thoroughly equipped for every good work that God would prepare for us to walk in. We've we've preached that verse before. Philippians is clear. He who prepared good works for you to walk in. He is faithful. He is right. Well, how do I walk in those good works? Walk with the Lord and you will walk in those good works. Your brokenness is a reminder that you need more of God. The reason the Bible tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit is because we are broken and leaky vessels. Keep filling up. You are going to pour out for others, but you can only pour out as much as God has poured into you. Your personal devotion, your private prayer life, um, and your conscience matter. Uh, We don't, want your first fruits. Those belong to God. Everything you minister to us is second fruits. This is why Marty's going to have a day off. This is why we are giving Marty vacation time. This is why Marty has sick days. If he doesn't respond to you immediately, he doesn't have to. You are not in his pocket 24-7. Give him the grace and the patience that he needs to make sure God is pouring into him first, that he has time to recuperate and recover. And if you ask him a question, give him time to respond. We don't know everything, even though one of my faults is I act like I do. I apologize for that. It's easy to become a people pleaser and it's difficult to keep God first because keeping God first means sometimes we have to say no to you. Not just no because you you need a hard no, (laughs) but no because I don't even have time to think about that right now. We have other irons in the fire. We have other responsibilities. He has a, a, a job description, top of the list, do whatever Craig says. So pray for this guy. Yeah, right? And he signed on willingly with that. I was up front with that, like right off the bat. 
primary job description, whatever the pastor says. <laughs> How'd you like that? And he came back anyway. <laughs> so he kind of knows what he's getting into. But he doesn't know you, so he doesn't know completely what he's getting into. I'm teaching about Roy, though. And Karen. <laughs> We've got you cornered. <laughs> wow. We've got you cornered. Uh, so brokenness. Uh, some people see brokenness as a bad thing, but it is not. And suffering is a bad thing. It is not. It is the way God primarily speaks to us in our circumstances and how he brings other people into our lives to show us how we need one another. You are going to be an upfront piece of this body. Patience. God is for you, and the Bible is God's primary means of teaching, reproofing, correcting, and training you for every good work. So fill up on God and his spirit and his words to be made complete. Last chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2. I charge you, Marty, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is judged of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. That means at work and not at work. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming <laughs> when people will not endure sound teaching. Yeah, the time is here. Preach the word. Do it with your mouth. Do it with your integrity. Do it with your patience. Do it with your self-control. Do it with your ability to listen to hurting people. Preach the word when you rise up. Preach the word as you lie down and all your goings as you walk through every day. Like it or not, your whole life is your ministry because you are called by God to worship Him and serve Him at all times. News flash to all Christians. Your whole life is your ministry. Not just when you volunteer in the nursery. Not just when you're teaching a, a Sunday school class. Not just when you are delivering things to uh, the Salvation Army. Your whole life is supposed to be your ministry how you buy and sell things, how you negotiate uh, with a used car dealer. Are you going to be as slimy as that guy? Are you going to speak the truth? Are you trying to get the better of people at your garage sale? Are you, are you trying to get away with things at work? Are you, are you clocking in early for a little bonus? Are you clocking out late just letting, thinking it will slide? You know, are, you, are you not reporting your full income on your taxes? Everything that we do is a ministry and a testimony to the world that we're not afraid of you. We're not afraid of your rules and regulations. We're not afraid of what you say to do. God has my back. And to live a life of trusting in Jesus means we trust him everywhere and with everything. And we willingly submit to those who rule over us. That's hard. That's hard everywhere, not just here. It's hard to submit to one another. But that's ministry, and that's the calling on Marty's life. Everything matters. Every thought matters. Every action matters. Every purchase matters. Every seemingly random interaction matters. 
everything matters because everyone matters. And God wants to use you to show people, to teach people who Jesus Christ really is. Many times you will use words, but some of the deepest lessons you will ever teach won't come out of your mouth. People are watching. That's what people do. The same Bible that God is going to use to change you, Marty, is the Bible you need to turn around and use upon others. Uh, Our church needs you to preach to our kids, to preach to our teens, to preach to our young adults, to preach to our senior adults. Our church needs you to preach to them what God is preaching to you. He's going to teach you, and we are going to share in the way God is blessing and leading and directing in his life. But our church doesn't need you to be another parent. We don't need you to be our best friend. We don't need another sibling. We need a minister of the gospel. We need a preacher. We need somebody who's faithful enough to God's word to tell us what God has said, even if we don't want to hear it, even if it flies against the grain of culture and what what other churches are saying even. We need you to minister to us. And we need you to be who God has called you to be. Uh, We don't, don't amen too loudly on this one. We don't need another Craig. We can always handle another Roy. But yeah, don't, don't be me. We got enough of me. I got enough of me. I've had enough of me. We need Marty. We need, we need who God has called you to be. That's the fit we're looking for. Sometimes you will sound like a parent, sound like a family member. Sometimes you'll sound like our friends but sometimes you will be a lonely voice (laughs) in the wilderness declaring the way of the Lord. So be willing to lead as you follow Jesus through dark valleys. Church, here's what I'm asking from you. Back the brother up. (laughs) Back him up. And this means you come talk to him face to face if something sounds strange or off or if you have been offended by a teaching. Come talk to him. That's part of his growth process. He needs to learn to interact with people because you need to learn to interact with people. Uh, If your kids have something, if you've heard somebody else grumbling or complaining, direct them to him. Don't join in, that's gossip. Don't spread it yourself, that's slander. We, we bring our concerns to the people we are concerned with face to face. That's part of ministry. That's part of your ministry to him and his ministry to you. That's, that's, that's what it means to watch his back. It doesn't mean we agree with everything. No. We agree on the essentials. We show flexibility and patience in everything else. This also means I need you to help him stay above reproach. One of the things required of professional, full-time ministers is 
to know that other people are helping them stay above reproach. Even if he never does anything wrong or sinful publicly, it can look like it in the right circumstances, in the wrong light, in the wrong timing. Uh, if we have an activity and somebody's waiting to get picked up and Marty and a young lady are left, don't you dare pick up who you're picking up and leave him here with her. Stay with him. Help him. Even if it makes you late. Even if that's not your kid. <laughs> even if you don't know how long it's going to be. Help him out. Uh, help him stay above reproach. Um, that's, that's a big, big deal. For his life, his integrity, if he's going to preach God's word to us, we need to trust him, but he also needs to trust us. Don't abandon him. Pray for his family. Feed his family. Talk to mom before you feed the family. Here's even, this might be bigger. Babysit for his family. Woo. Find a friend to help babysit for his family. Get to know his wife. Everything you pour into the Claytons and their clan, you are pouring into God's kingdom. Get, lock this in. When somebody has been called into gospel ministry, the way you can further God's kingdom is by helping them prosper. By helping them. What you pour into them is pouring into God's kingdom. It's one of the most brutal facts of all churches and church budgets. The most money a church ever spends is on its ministers. Yes. Otherwise, we can't be here all the time. We can't study. We can't pray. We can't visit. We can't, we can't prepare as much as we do prepare. This, thank you to our, our, our regular, to our members who give regularly. He is here because you give. He is here because you have used your vote in the past to elect me as your pastor. If you are a member, I am your pastor. I'm here because of members. He's here because members have elected other men and me, and we have called him. He has our approval. That's the importance of membership. It doesn't always come up a whole lot, but to be part of Graceway Baptist Church, it matters. Members matter. That's who I am, a pastor of the members. Everyone else, I'm, I might be preaching at you, but I don't consider myself as your pastor. Because there are a lot of voices in this world. And if you're not a member, you have not formally agreed that you agree with me. You listen. You might even like what I say. We shepherd the sheep that God has given us. How do we know if somebody's a sheep? They've ascribed to our membership. They agree with the essentials. It doesn't mean if you're not a member, I don't think you're a Christian. No, not, not that at all. We're going to minister to whoever shows up. We spend a lot of time ministering to non-members. That's, that's not a problem. But I'm pausing right now to thank the members. Without your membership and participation in this church, he would not be here. I wouldn't be here. Dave wouldn't be here. His pews wouldn't be here. This building wouldn't be here. Would there be a church in Enid? Oh, absolutely. God is going to have his way. That's not what that's about. But we exist and we do what we do because we value our church members. And I know you value us because you give. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for that. 
Sometimes I make up slides and I don't change them. This one's for you, Pat. As he goes, we goes. As Marty flourishes in the ministry, we will benefit. Um, as Marty flourishes in his service to God, we benefit. Nothing he does will be done in a vacuum. Uh, so treat Marty as your brother, as a friend, as a fellow soldier. Um, and that's what we're here to do today, to commission you and say thank you for coming. May God richly bless the rest of your life as much as he has the past. He's taking good care of you. He will continue to take good care of you. Um, at this time, I want to ask our elected officers to come forward. I'm going to read from 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. We're, we're going to have our men, uh, officers, deacons come forward. Marty, you stand right here. Lydia, you may stand with them. <clears throat> I'm going to read... A couple verses we've already covered and then a couple new ones. So as these guys come, um, thank you. Thank you, church. Because of the way you have loved and supported me over the years, I have confidence that Marty can flourish here. As God calls him to bigger, greater things. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Uh, lay hands on him, brothers. Heavenly Father, we lift up Marty to you right now. We pray that you would help him to be sober-minded. Help him to endure all suffering. Help him to do the work of an evangelist. Help him to fulfill your ministry, God, over his life. Make him willing and able to continue pouring out his life as a drink offering. Help him to fight the good fight of faith. Help him to finish his race as long as you give it to him. Help him to keep his faith so that Marty would someday receive a crown of righteousness for fulfilling his ministry in your presence, God. Use Marty to teach us and to show us a new side to who you are, God. Watch over his wife. Watch over his kids. 
Help us to bless him as you, Father God, have blessed us. We lift up Marty and Lydia to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. God bless you. You guys can be seated. Game on. All right. Show up for work tomorrow. Don't quit now. <laughs> Just the beginning, not the end of this, uh, of all this. All right, church. You have any questions about the way we do things? You gonna? Yeah. yeah. Don't add anything to Marty's uh, workload yet. We're just getting started here. He's in, he's, yeah, he's getting to know me. Uh, if you, uh, immediate tasks, he is gonna be helping Mark Coleman uh, go over the prayer list that we put out every month. So uh, if you ever need a prayer request, you can also go through Marty. He's gonna be putting together a missions, uh, a monthly missions letter to give you an up, a two-sentence update on our missionaries every month. So we're incorporating that with the prayer list. Um, He's, he's just kind of floating around right now, getting his feel. He'll be starting some, some Bible studies and small groups in the future. Just keep your ears open. He's also going to be watching over our children's department. I'm going to show him the scheduling, how we run things. So if you have any cares or concerns about what's going on with the kids, especially if they're his kids, talk to him. Uh, uh, it's a pleasure to have you. So far, so good. Uh, they live way too close to me. <laughs> Uh, but I was trying to get him to rent the house behind me. It's empty right now, which, by the way, good thing we didn't settle on that because they're still painting and cleaning that bomb rental. So, um, like, mm, they're, they're, they said it would be done by the time you got here. They, they were not. You'd be living on the street in this right now. So I'm glad you didn't wait, pulled the trigger. Uh, if you want to bless them any way, shape, or form, you have my permission. You don't need to ask, what can I do for Marty? Whatever you would want done for yourself. Like, I don't know everything about this guy. I don't know where he likes to eat. I don't know what all of his hobbies are. So we're all learning together. Welcome to the team, Marty. Let's all stand. Let me pray one more time as the worship team comes. We'll sing a song on the way out. God, thank you for this season of ministry, this season of life in our church, that we have the privilege, the opportunity, the money to bring on Marty for however long he stays, for however you use him. We pray, God, that you would be glorified in all that is done and said. Teach us about yourself through him. Teach him about yourself through us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of Thy love, at the impulse of Thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift.
myself and I will be ever only ever only all for thee the benediction for today is from Romans 11 Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who became his counselor, or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. 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 You are dismissed.